When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm just looking, D. Wood posted this funny exchange that we had this morning on his Instagram story. Uh, Damian Woody, one of my absolute favorite people, reminded me this morning that he is named Damian because his mother is a fan of horror movies and he's named after the character in The Omen. Have we had this conversation on the radio, Bubba, yeah, Cam? We, Are you guys aware it. of that? We had him on. And we, yeah, yeah, we did a whole thing on Isn't it. Isn't that it was, a very it strange was, name? It was unbelievable. I mean, the, I haven't seen the movie, but I'm aware of it, and I'm aware of how disturbing the movie is, and we just talked about... Damien is a child who becomes possessed by the devil. Yeah. I, <laughs> that's, that's what the movie... A spoiler she, alert, watching it's a 50-year-old whatever, movie. Yeah. Um, it is a, it is a very scary movie. What, why are you looking at me like because that? Because I think you're mischaracterizing the story. I don't, what is the story? I don't think he was named Damien because she's a fan of horror movies. I think he's named Damien because, from what I remember him telling this, the movie was being played in the hospital at the time of his birth. That's that right. yeah, exactly. is how I remember it being told. That's not better. No, I'm not that, saying it's better. I'm just saying was, what if Bambi yeah. was being played in the hospital at the time of his birth? Would he be named Thumper? I'm just I mean, no. telling you, you, you what he told to us. Name someone after what it says, after what the movie that's on. I'm that's not defending was, though, yeah. Mrs. Woody. I'm just telling you the actual story. I, I just I, like the idea that she was just using like word association. She's like, oh, I just heard the name Damien a second ago in this movie. Let's name this kid that. Yes, it's and and, and in the movie, his head is spinning around right now on top of his head, and he's. Vomiting what looks like green pea soup all over people. Yeah. Do, do you think it's common to not have the name picked out day of? Yeah, there are plenty of people who don't have the name picked out day of, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, I mean, that would be like if I were to walk up to you and be like, yes, hi, I'd like you to meet my children. Uh, this is little Nicole Gray, and this is little Hannibal Lecter. This is Hannibal Lecter Greenberg. I thought you might enjoy meeting him. He's, uh, <laughs> he has interesting dietary habits. He, he, he uh, you know, eats, unu- <laughs> eats unusual things. Um, like, that's just not a name. Like, I have to believe that after the popularity of silence of the lambs and all that 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 the usage of the name hannibal diminished in this country that there i can probably look that up i don't know that there were a lot of hannibals before that anyway but there were obviously some people named hannibal family name whatever it is but after that movie and the book which is fantastic and that's actually a recurring character in multiple books by thomas harris like, you're going to name your kid Hannibal when that's the immediate association people are going to make? It looks like in the most recent year for which data is available, which is 2021, only eight team uh, people in the United States were born with the name Hannibal. So I will now go to the year it was made and see how that compares. I'm guessing that there were more. Well, there's a lot of weird name stuff like that. Let me ask you a question. If your last name was Jordan, would you name your kid Michael? No way. Would you ever consider naming your kid Michael if your last name was Jordan? No, no chance. Hambo? It looks like in 1990, only 11 baby boys were named Hannibal. That was the year preceding the movie. 
and the year of the movie, there were only 10. So there doesn't look to be... It looks so what to you're be, saying is there's been a boom. There's, <laughs> there's been an 80% increase. Yes, we're dealing with small samples here, but... In the number of Hannibals. I was, I'm surprised at what the data show. Uh, I mean, I think that's interesting. There were just some names that have such an associate. Look, at least to me have such an association. Like, I don't know. Like, I just can't being like, these are my kids, Stephen and Dracula Greenberg. Do you know like, anyone named Hannibal? Uh, no, wasn't that, it wasn't, was Hannibal like a, a Viking? What was Hannibal? What's the famous Hannibal besides Hannibal? Well, there's like, Hannibal Burris. Wasn't there the a comedian? Famous, oh, there's a, there's a comedian named Hannibal Burris. That's right. But the Hannibal was, was a historical figure. Right? Hannibal. A uh, general. Yeah. This is, this is BC was a Carthaginian general and statesman who commanded the forces, the forces of Carthage believe against the Roman not, empire. Believe it or not. That is actually what I was thinking of. Um, I couldn't have named, I couldn't have pinpointed Carthage, but I knew that it was like a, a, mm. a very, very old military figure. That's a good pull out of you. Yeah. I'm, I, well, I'm very big on my Carthaginian history. Couldn't anyway, think of Jay Cutler, but you thought of Hannibal <laughs> Barca. Exactly really showing your right. age these days. The great Hannibal uh, from Carthage. C- can I just throw one last thought in on the great Jake controversy of 2024? I know a lot of new people join us at the top of an hour. So my daughter's boyfriend, Jake, his birthday is February 28th, which is a few days from now. I, I got him. I'm always encouraging him to play more golf because I just think that will make him more enjoyable to have around. And so I got him personalized golf balls, which is an easy thing to get. I have them myself. A lot of people play with particularly personalized Titleists. So I got him a couple of, of, uh, of boxes of, of personalized Titleists. And Stace gift-wrapped them up all nice. And we mailed them to him. And they came on Saturday. He made two mistakes, in my opinion. The first is he opened it immediately. His birthday is still five days away. If I if, if, if very obviously sent you a birthday gift... Why would you open it five days before your birthday? Secondly, why did he text me immediately? Like he could easily have opened it, seen what it was, and then texted me a thank you on the birthday to maintain the plausible deniability that he hadn't opened it. What this means is he didn't think there was anything wrong with him opening the gift five days early. I'm a little bit worried about Jake. Me too. The impulse control is not great. This concerns me. This is a concern. I mean, I don't know. And, and, and Bubba and Cam, you continue to defend it and him. And I just candidly think that's uh, that's irredeemable. Because we're point. not six anymore. We don't sit around in the family room and everyone opens gifts all at the same time. You see what you got for everything. Like someone sends you a gift. You open it. It's a couple days before his birthday. It's not that big. It's a not deal. a couple days. It's like a week. And you, he also outed It's himself. a couple days. He opened it on Saturday. What his birthday is Wednesday. That's just a few days. Text you. Open it Saturday. Text you Wednesday and say thanks. Right. Could have done either of what those. What does it matter when he? T- I don't, you guys are crazy. It's his birthday. It's a birthday gift. So he what? can do what he wants with it. No, the birthday gift. No, you guys only go out for your birthday dinner on your birthday. Does it have to be on your birthday? No, but there's sometimes there's an acknowledgement that you know well, let's do it for the weekend or whatever that is. Oh, so it's fine but, for birthday dinners, but presents have to be on your birthday. There wasn't any compelling reason that he needed to open that gift because at that he time. received it. It came in the mail. He said, "Oh, I got this." From Mike, let me take a look. Oh, this, that's very nice. Did he know nice he was him. getting golf balls? No. Oh, so he's not playing around tomorrow? No. It, so he, he didn't need to open them up immediately? He lives in Washington. There's probably snow on the ground. <laughs> he's definitely not playing golf tomorrow. Okay. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I, no, I think this is, I, I think I I'm 100% right I guarantee you most this. people are on Cam and my side. No way. That's, that, you guys are outrageous. This if, is outrageous. If, if you send your mother a Mother's Day card, does she open it Friday before Mother's Day? If she wants to. 
No, she Here's doesn't. She a, opens it on Mother's Day. A it is a Mother's Day occasion. I could see the card mistake. But if something you're telling me he had to unwrap unwrap wrapping paper? Yes. Then there's no reason to ever do Stace that before your birthday. Wrapped it. It's so outrageous. You guys are insane. That's correct. My God. Yeah. Yeah. So, Have you ever received a gift, Tembo? Of course I've received a gift, and I open them on my birthday, the designated day that a grown-up should open up their gifts. Right. Yeah, you guys the are being the grown-ups open up about gifts. this. I, 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 just, I, I find it fairly self-evident that if I send a person a gift for their birthday, that it is meant to be opened on their birthday. Like, that just feels as though it's one of those things that doesn't have to be said. You know what one of the problems is with life now? Nothing goes without saying. Like, everything must be said. Like, go back to the court storming thing. Like, it should go without saying that if you run out onto the court and you turn and yell something nasty at a player who just lost, who, by the way, is a foot taller than you, that that guy is going to shove you down. And the fact that people on Twitter are criticizing Kyle Filipowski, I think he showed remarkable restraint. Candidly, in my opinion, it should say something on your ticket that if you're going to run out onto the court when this game is over and you're going to get in the face of a player, then you have sacrificed, you have forfeited any rights you have to any sort of action if you get the ever-living crap kicked out of you. (laughs) Because that's what you're asking for. If you want to run out onto the court, let's put it this way. When... When I ran out onto the court when I was a student at Northwestern and we beat Indiana, I ran out to the center of the court and jumped up and down with everybody else. I did not run up to Bob Knight and yell in his face because he would have kicked me in the neck. What year was this? And I would have deserved it. They were the defending national champs. So this would have been January of 88. And it was a Monday night. We, we played, that was the, the, when Big Monday first became a very big thing on ESPN. And the Big Ten had a contract with ESPN. And every team got one home game. We were guaranteed one home game on ESPN. And that was long before the time that every college basketball game was on television. This might have been like the only televised game we had that year. January 11th, 1988. And we beat them. We, we beat them, and, and what was the final score of that game? We beat them by like three points. 66 to 64. Okay, two points. It was a great game. We're hanging on for dear life. We always played, every, back in those days, I mean, Northwestern, we were very bad. We always played everybody tough at home. We would lose every game on the road by 30. We would play everybody tough at home and just lose at the end because we were just out, you know, manned. And we held on, and we beat Indiana. And... I ran out onto the court, and so did basically everybody there, and it was great. I did not run up in the face of Keith Smart or any of the other players on Indiana and yell, hey, you stink, or whatever it is, because that guy would have punched me, and I would have deserved it. It's just that simple. I don't advocate punching anybody, but I also don't advocate running up into the face of a player who just lost in a place where he belongs and you don't. See, another problem we have with this now is that The world has taken us to a place, and in particular, I think social media has taken to a place where everyone thinks that just because they can say whatever they want, that everyone should care what they say. Like, it does not, just because you can tweet something doesn't mean anyone should care what it is. And just because you can run out onto the court doesn't mean you should. It certainly doesn't mean you should run over and get in the face of one of the players who just lost a game. You deserve what happens to you. Again, I am not in any way condoning violence. I'm just shocked it doesn't happen more. So I'm intrigued by the idea that Seth brought up on Get Up, which is in effect 
you, you start a 60-second clock, a 30-second clock, or whatever second clock to enable the visiting team to effectively vacate. And the officials. Uh, I'm intrigued by it, but do you think it's actually enforceable? Yes. You do? Of course. You think that that, that mob would Anything abide by Anything is it? enforceable. If we wanted to not allow the students to run out of the court at all, that would be easily enforceable. How? Uh, let me give you, for an example, the NBA. What's the last time you saw a fan run out onto the court in the NBA? There's an enormous cultural difference, though. But you know, you, if you put a stop to it, there would no longer be that culture. It's part of the culture. It doesn't have to be part of the culture. Well, like I said, they used to do it in Major League Baseball all the time, and they changed it by putting security all around, and then it stopped. So because if, someone figured out it's probably not a really good idea. Yeah, so if they want to, to have, stop it, they can just put security. All, if they really want to stop it, just load up security and police, and then no one's going to go on there. And you only see it on of, campus, too. Was it Rick Monday, who a guy ran out was, onto yeah, the, the, the field flag, with an American flag, flag yeah. and he went over and just punched him in the head? I, I oh, remember he, still, he, took, he, he ripped the flag so it wouldn't get burned. Um, Mike, Car- uh, Mike Curtis, Mike Mad Dog Curtis was a Baltimore Colts linebacker, and a fan ran out onto the field, and Mike Curtis clotheslined him. Um, that's like a legendary video I feel like I've seen a bunch of times. I mean, there are moments that, you know, when fans run out on the field during a game, obviously it's not allowed, and you can, you can stop it because it's not so hard to stop things from happening if you want to. If you want to maintain the culture of fans, students, whomever being able to run out onto the court, you can control it. You can limit it. You will have some occasions where the students don't get it, but if you take away their rights, it's as simple as this. If you've got a kid at, at, at Wake Forest and that kid was spo- knows he's supposed to wait 30 seconds and he runs out onto the court too early, A, you drag him away, you throw him out of the stadium and you say, you can't, he's a student, you're not allowed to go, go, go to games anymore. You are, no, you are now banned from coming to any more games. That problem would cease immediately. So maybe we could have the PA announcer in the arena. A reminder. It- like in the during TV timeouts, during timeouts in the like late second half, you could issue reminders, yeah. something of that effect. Of course, because I'm I'm intrigued by not deleting the culture, but I'm also very aware of the. I'm also highly attuned to the bad that could come of it, like the the tragic that could come of it. I mean, the scenes are actually are pretty scary. I, I understand that it hasn't happened yet, but that doesn't mean it's not going to happen at some point, and it could be potentially catastrophic. Yeah, of course it could, but so could lots of things that we do. Like I, I don't want to. I don't want to keep people from doing fun things just because there is some chance they might be dangerous. What I'm talking about is an easily avoidable problem. Like the, the, there's no there's abs- What should be happening there is the fans of the winning team are running out to celebrate. What should not be happening is the fans of the winning team are running out there to rub it in the faces of the losing team or to get at an official. Those are things that should not be happening, and no one in their right mind would think they should be happening. So we can avoid that for sure, and then go from there. All right, Greeny, we are live from the seaport, brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron Group Trivia. Yes, Victor Weminyama is one of five active NBA players to average 20 points and 10 rebounds for his career. You are going to give me the other four active NBA players? to average 20 and 10 for their careers. Oh, I like the question. The answer is next, ESPN Radio.
Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from $25 and under to $100 and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. In 30 seconds, we'll take our crack at group trivia. But first, I'll remind you that ESPN Bet is now live as the official sportsbook of ESPN. ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today. New users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sportsbook bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Group trivia. Uh, Victor Wembanyama, the rookie in San Antonio. He's one of five active NBA players to average 20 points and 10 rebounds for his career, you are going to give me the other four players. So we have one, two, three, four, five. We have six names written down. Right? We have six names written down? Yes, I have six written down. Six for four spots? Six for four. All right. So of the six we have written down, which one do we feel most confident about? Jokic. Bobby, you agree with that? That works for me. Hopefully. Okay, yeah. I mean, let's put it this way. If he's not right, we have no chance. So we're going to say Nikola Jokic. That's right. Okay. What are his averages? Uh, I thought you were going to say his averages. Oh, sure. 20.7 points, 10.7 rebounds. Boy, so it's just by the skin of his, the hair of his chinny, chin, chin. That's right. Mm. The the next one we were thinking about was was Giannis, right? Do we feel confident about Now, Giannis, he took Mm. a little time when he first came on the scene to really explode Right, he wasn't the Greek freak immediately. I remember him in the dunk contest, one of his early years, and people didn't know how good he was going to be. 
So do we want to put him to the side? Because I feel I feel pretty. I think I might feel better about AD. I do too. I was about to say I feel better about AD. Yeah. Do we feel good about AD? Yeah. I mean, all these guys are pretty even for me, but honestly, I think he would probably be my next most confident. Bubba. He was the name I threw out there, so All let's right. go with it. We're going to go with Anthony Davis. That's right. Okay. Davis averages 24.1 points, 10.5 rebounds for his career. Okay. All right. That's good. So that's two of the four. So the other names, just to, for the people playing along at home, the other names we have written down are Zion, because when he plays, he, 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 he definitely, I think, would have the rebounds. Does he average 20 points? I'm not sure. Yeah, definitely. Carl Anthony Towns, Joel Embiid, and Giannis, who we, we seem to have – Talked ourselves into a pretzel on Giannis. Of those, which one do you feel most confident in? Probably still Giannis, but I don't know. The, I, I, I'm worried it's Embiid and Cat. Yeah, I think we're, we're both out on Zion. We're both out on Zion? I think so. All right. So we want to go with... So we've got three for two spots now. We have three. We have, I think we have four for two spots unless we're eliminating Zion. In which case, we have three for two spots. I think we have to go with Giannis. Yeah. Right? I mean... Unless you're afraid. Between Cat and Embiid, which one do you feel better about? Because we have to go with the fourth no matter what. The four we have, Jokic, Giannis, Embiid, and AD, that that seems almost not sneaky enough. I would think that it would be those four, but I would wonder if if Cat swaps one of those out. But maybe I'm I'm overthinking. I'm kind of liking Carl Anthony, but... I I guess start, I think start with Giannis and then we'll see where we are. We're going to go with Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's not right. Oh, damn. Giannis, for his career, averages 9.7 rebounds. Oh, you jerk. Is it Cat? Yep. And is it Zion? No. No, it's... Embiid? Yeah. No. Oh, you were right all over it. We, we had the right... Uh, and, 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 and Giannis misses by three-tenths of a rebound. <laughs> what a bum. So, yeah, and Giannis is... Giannis averaged fewer than 10 <sighs> rebounds in each of his first four seasons. Yeah. So he's had a long way to go since he started. I remember being in Brooklyn. What year was the All-Star game here? Because the All-Star game itself was in the Garden, but the dunk contest was in Brooklyn. And I remember being at the dunk contest... And there was a young Greek player that no one could figure out how to say his last name, named Giannis Antetokounmpo, who was not yet the Greek freak. And no one had any idea who was going to wind up being what he is now, which is, you know, one of the two or three best players in the world. What year was that? I'm, I'm pulling it up now. So it took a little time. That was probably something like 2013. And, and so it, it took him a little time to become what he has become, which is one of the best players in the world. Oh, that is a painful loss. You had it. We had it. You had it. It was right there. All right, what are the scores? I am now 17 and 26. Bubba's 13 and 23. You are 14 and 29. That hurts. That hurts the ball club. No, and I think that um, I think we give a loss on that one to Jack, even though he didn't participate, (laughs) just because he shaved off his beard and he looks ridiculous. The list is what determines who matters in this business. Green List. All right, today's Green List has voted upon by me and me alone, the world's foremost authority on all matters. With LeBron James, Steph Curry, and Kevin Durant approaching the ends of their magnificent careers, they have been the defining players of their generation. They have clearly been the faces of basketball for something approaching the last 20 years, certainly 15. The question is who's next? Who's got next? Who are the next five candidates to be the face of baseball? Here are my top five. Number five. I'm putting Victor Wembanyama at five. Some suggested to me on TV today I should have put him even higher. 
I don't know. I just think it's early to be assured that he's going to wind up being that great. Obviously, there's a spectacular quality to what he does based on his size. He has skills the likes of which we've never seen. He already has the hype and the endorsements. He seems to have the personality. He has the global appeal. You could make an argument to put him at number one. I understand it. But it just felt too early for me to be comfortable doing that. So I put him at five. What do you think of that? I I think you have it right. Putting him much higher on the list, I think, would be a a tad presumptive. I mean, he's playing... He's playing on the worst team in the league. He's very, he's already very famous, and everyone already knows all about him. But one of my criteria for next face of the NBA is you got to play on a winner, and he's not even close to that yet. Number four. Number four. Putting John Morant. Now, John Morant is an extremely complicated player to talk about for a variety of obvious reasons. His history of issues are well documented. You don't need me to run through them. You know what they are. And, of course, this year when he was allowed to come back, Um, from all the suspension, he almost immediately got hurt and is out for the season again. But what I think cannot be overlooked in John Morant is that he's still incredibly young. And I think he's the most dynamic player in the sport. If you ask me who is the most watchable player in basketball, maybe Victor Wembanyama will become that. Right now, I think it's John Morant. Morant's spectacular, his the reckless abandon with which he plays, his his drive, his he's like Allen Iverson reincarnate. I, I I am such a fan of his game. And if he just look, let's put it as simply as we can, if he just gets his act together, I think there is a whole second, third, fourth, and fifth chapters of his life and career that he can write. And I hope that he does. First off, I guess for his sake. But also just as a fan of the sport. So I'm putting John Morant at four. I do not think it is too late. I don't either, although I don't think that consensus would have him in their top five. It's, a, it's an interesting point and one well made. I will say this about John Morant. Memphis had the second best team in the West in consecutive seasons as he emerged. So we know that his style of play equals winning and his style of play is aesthetically beautiful, which are you know two of my criteria for determining such a thing. I just think after all the foibles that he has had, we've got to see him sustain it over a period of time. Of course. But you're asking, my, my, my vision for this list is who could do it? Like, who, who could do it? You need the combination of the game and the charisma. And he's got that. And by the way, his team is 17 games under 500 without him for whatever that's worth. Number three. And number three, I put Jason Tatum. Tatum himself talked about wanting to be the next face of the NBA. You've got to be a champion to do that. You don't become the face of the NBA without being a champion. And I think that's what he's missing. He has a real likability about him. His son being around all the time I think is is nice. He plays for the right franchise to do it. Obviously, the Celtics are a... You know what they are when it comes to the NBA. I think Tatum has the game. I think he has the charisma. I think he has the ability to do it. I think he is a pretty good bet to be one of the faces of the sport for the next decade. Do you think he has the marketability? Do you think he has the celebrity? Because that is a that's a component of this, too, that I don't think we can overlook, and I'm not sure he crosses the... Because his game isn't flashy enough? He's very robotic. Like Watching him play basketball is not as fun as watching John Morant play basketball. It's ruthlessly effective. But he's very mechanical in the style of play, and it's, it's highly effective. And the Celtics, I think, are going to win the championship, and he's going to be the best player. But there are more qualitative elements to this, and I'm not sure he checks those boxes for me. Maybe. He was a tough one. He, he, he was one that I felt 
It felt like it would be too glaring if I didn't include him in my list because, A, he just brought it up last week. B, as you just said, they're the overwhelming favorite to make the finals at minimum. And I think he's a top two or three candidate to be the MVP of the league. That was my next question for you is, is he ever going to win an MVP? I don't see why not. I mean, if his team finishes with the best record, I think he's got a very good chance to win it this year. I don't think he's going to get one first place vote this year. You think, is Luka going to win it? I think Luka, Jokic, and SGA are all going to place higher than him. All right, number two. Let's keep going so then we can sort of look at it in its entirety. At number two, I put Luka. Well, Luka is so dynamic. I mean, he's, I've been wrong about a lot of things in my career. I don't know that I've ever been wronger in my life than I was when this kid came into the league and I said, I just don't think he's going to be that good. I said that. I own it. I couldn't have been wronger. He is ridiculous. He is ridiculous, and I think he's maturing. His game didn't need to mature. He did. And I feel like he is maturing because you forget how young he still is. I think he's 23. How old is he right now? He's ridiculously young. He's turning 25 in two days, 25. the same day Jake does. So he's 25. <laughs> yeah, he's 20. I wonder what he got for his birthday. I, I wonder if he opened his well, birthday. We, we have no early. idea. So he's exactly two years to the day older than Jake. All right, fair enough. So Luca is 24, about to be 25. So he's just coming into his own. He's incredible. And in a, in a league in which John ja Morant isn't playing, he's probably the most fun guy to watch. Here's a question for you, though. Do you think that Dirk ever approached face of the NBA status? No, but he didn't play like this. Dirk scored 30,000 points and won an MVP and I won know, a championship. I know, but he didn't do the flashy stuff. Dirk's Dirk one-legged fadeaway the... is a top-five shot of all time. I know, but that's like saying Kareem Skyhook was a top-five shot of all time, which it was, but every kid isn't trying to emulate it. The way he passes the ball, the way he shoots from anywhere, the, the fact that the, that guy cannot jump six inches off the ground and yet can get his shot off anytime he wants because he's so strong, I believe Luka is absolutely... A candidate you to be think... the face of the sport. I'm not saying he's better than Dirk, but I think he's got more kind of magic to his game. I just don't think you can be the face of the league and live below the rim. That's my opinion. I don't know if... I mean, Larry Bird, I guess, did that for a time, but the, the world is so different now. I have a hard time seeing Luka becoming the face of the sport. Well, at number one, number one. you don't have that problem with Giannis. Uh, the only problem with putting Giannis on the list is that he may already be it. Like Giannis may already be on the list. He he is the leading vote getter, was the leading vote getter for the All Star game this year. He's a champion, he's a two time MVP, and I think between his social media presence, his just overall likability, his re signing to stay in Milwaukee and deciding he wasn't gonna join up with a super team, there's just candidly nothing about Giannis not to love. I, I the only I put him at number one. But again, the caveat to this is maybe he doesn't belong on the list because maybe he is already the face of the league. He might be. Uh, Giannis is 29 years old right now, has already accomplished as much as you pr- practically can in the game of basketball. For him, it's just a matter, of, a matter of how many immortals he crosses. Like Giannis, I think, has the talent, the potential, the aptitude to be a top 10 player in NBA history. Like we're talking about like Larry Bird, Hakeem Olajuwon, like that kind of rarefied air. I don't know if he'll win another MVP or not. He's, he's got two of those. I think the championships are probably what will determine how far he gets in that pecking order. But we're talking about an inner circle, immortal type player who's not even 30 years old yet. So the, the names that came up this morning on TV that I did not include were one, Nikola Jokic. Now, here's why I don't I say no to Jokic. 
I don't think he wants any part of it. Like, Jokic seems to be enjoying being the best basketball player in the world as little as that could possibly be enjoyed. I can't imagine anything being better. I can't imagine a greater gift than, than God saying, you're going to be the best basketball player in the entire world. And him, his reaction is basically like, oh, man, then I guess I got to play. I can't just go back home and watch horse races and be <laughs> left alone. Like, I remember when, when, when we were interviewing him right after he won the championship, his first reaction was, I'm just so glad it's over so I can go home. Like, he just doesn't want any part of it. And I'm not criticizing him, but part of being the face of the NBA is not being that. The next is SGA. Shea Gilgis-Alexander clearly has the game. I just don't think he has the personality for it. I think you can do it in Oklahoma City. Kevin Durant became a huge star in Oklahoma City. I just don't think SGA, I mean, he's... He, I just feel like he could, of all these guys we've just named, I think he could walk down the street and be recognized by far the least of any of them. But by the time we get to July of this year, that could all change. Right now, they're second in the West. He's, I think, right now in line to be second in the MVP. He's got the second best odds behind Jokic. And that team could very well win a few rounds in the playoffs. If they wind up getting to the finals, I do think that vaults him to a totally different level. And he is very fun to watch play. So I would keep him on our short list. But then... The number one guy I omitted, and this was just a mistake, and I give Austin Rivers credit, he pointed it out, and I immediately said, you're right, he belonged on the list. I should have put him on there, and it's Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards is a freaking beast in the best way you can be one. He's so talented. He's so dynamic. His drive is so high. He wants it so badly. He plays every night. I love everything about Anthony Edwards. And honestly, all I can say is I'm disgusted with myself that when I put this list together last night, I forgot to include him. So I noticed the omission, but I thought you did so intentionally because he plays for Minnesota. No, he's going to play a long time, and and he will be noticed. That's another one. They just need to make a deep run in the playoffs. People will fall in love with him. He's so good. He's the best athlete in the NBA. LeBron James became the biggest star in the league in Cleveland. Kevin Durant became one of the biggest stars in the league in Oklahoma City. Peyton Manning became one of the biggest stars in football in Indianapolis. These these things can happen. doesn't matter where you play. Anthony Edwards, the problem with his team is that they have no history, no tradition. They've never been any good. If they make a deep run in the playoffs this year, it will not be – it's not Carl Anthony Towns will become a star. It's not Rudy Gobert will become a star. It's Anthony Edwards, and he deserves it. I love him. How old is he? 22. He's 22. That's who I was thinking of. He is 22. He's 22. He's got, like, all-time great talent. I, I see it, too. I mean, he, he, of all the players in the NBA that have come, come along since Kobe that look like Kobe, remind you of Kobe, you know, we've seen flashes of Kobe, shades of Kobe, he's the one that actually could become Kobe because he has, like, like top 10 all-time kind of, like, Hall of Fame talent in his bag. He gets to the spot, to spots on the floor on occasion at least, the same way that Kobe once did, and you see like linear growth, basically with all of the important stat categories, I wouldn't be surprised at all in three years if we... The consensus opinion is that Anthony Edwards is the best player in the whole league. So that's today's green list again with one just mistaken omission. Score that one E1 if you're keeping score at home. Meanwhile, the next question is, just how much of a difference can two seconds make? We'll tell you why it could make a huge difference next on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around 
different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greenie today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greenie, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Let the record show that Pineapple Jack, now hairless, came in. He wasn't here for group trivia, and he got the four of them right. The four active players, uh, besides Victor Wembanyama, who averaged 20 and 10 for their careers, are Embiid, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Davis, and Nikola Jokic. He got them right. We got them wrong because we threw in Giannis, who averages... 9.7 rebounds for his career. I'd just like to throw out, I think Hembo purposely did not invite Jack over. He's using the excuse that Brandon didn't text him. Hembo clearly has Jack's number. He knows Jack is a big NBA guy, and he just didn't want him to come over because he thought he'd get it right. Turns out he did. He would have helped us a ton, but he forgot to tell Jack. I think Jack should get one. He should get a point for a score for this because he no. walked in not knowing the answer unless he faked that. That would be his ingenious. See, the problem is Jack is not nearly smart yeah, enough I to do think, this. I don't think he has the capability of that. But if Jack had been in the other room, heard the answers, then came in feigning not knowing okay. him, that That'd would be, be somewhat You guys brilliant. can't have it both ways. You can't be like, Jack's too stupid to pull this off. And also, Jack's so smart that he got it right. That oh, he, he's it a big NBA count. guy. Come on. 
Pick is, one. Is there some way he accidentally fell into hearing it and then pretended? I don't know. Jack's like, a good. Like, Jack knows his NBA, and he especially knows the, his current NBA. But I don't think Jack yeah, would have talked you to you him, out of Giannis. He also knows that he should grow his beard back. He looks ridiculous. He looks nine. It's jarring. Like when you have a beard and then suddenly you don't have a beard in one day. Like that's a weird look. Yeah, the the way that you reacted to Jack was the same way about a month ago. You reacted to Cam when he, for some reason, lost a bet with his. That was way brothers. worse because Cam started out handsome. All right, here we go. I asked you the following question. How much difference can two seconds possibly make? If you are a Major League Baseball player, apparently the answer is a lot. The 20-second pitch clock is shortening to 18 seconds this year, and the Players Association is not happy about it. So the way it has always worked is when there is no one on base, well, always, starting last year, when there are no runners on base, the pitch clock is 15 seconds. When there are runners on base, the pitch clock was 20 seconds. It is now being shortened to 18. Tony Clark, executive director of the Players Association, says, that's a conversation that should have warranted a much longer dialogue than what we had. We voiced concerns, players voiced concerns, and yet the push-through of the change to the pitch clock still happened. We just had the biggest adjustment this league has ever seen in regards to length of game and how the game was affected by including a clock. Rather than give us another year to adjust and adapt to it, why are we adjusting again, and what are the ramifications going to be? He then says, when fatigue happens, you're more susceptible to injury. We're seeing a lot of injuries. We're seeing them in a way that simply can't remove the question of whether or not shortening recovery time is in anyone's best interest. So he is bringing up the safety, or I should say the health of his pitchers, in criticizing baseball for pushing through the two-seconds change to the rule. Hembo, your thoughts? Uh, what Tony Clark neglected to include in his pushback is that, if not a majority, an enormous number of pitchers in Major League Baseball this year have already done this, have already done the 18-second thing because it's been in the minor leagues. And so for Tony Clark to say what he said is not a surprise to me because I think what he does is anytime he gets a push notification on his phone, anytime baseball does something, he just crafts a I don't like this statement and puts it out there because the relationship between you know union and league is so bad. But like, what, who are we kidding here? I mean, base, baseball's pitch clock last year was the best thing that has happened to the sport in my lifetime. And shaving two seconds off here in this case is only going to make it better it's also been done in the minor leagues for many, many years. So this is the definition of howling at the moon as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and in my, by the way, Bubba, what you missed while you were away was that I have renewed my campaign to be the commissioner of Major League Baseball. As I, saw I said, that. As I said last week, look, I've tried very hard in this new show not to bring back and just do stuff that we did on Mike and Mike because that, that, that was its show and it had its time and this is a new show and we have our time. But this is not redoing that because the job is coming open again. Manfred has said that he is going to step aside in five years, and I continue to believe I would be very good at it. And one of the things I said I would do is I would immediately begin going about trying to repair the relationship or refurbish the relationship between ownership and uh, players because I agree with you. Tony Clark is just saying something for the sake of saying something. because A, because he just doesn't like them. B, because I think any time, if you are a person, you're always posturing for negotiation. 
So you're always saying no to something because you're hoping that you will then get something in exchange in negotiation. Now, this doesn't happen to fall in that category, but it does feel like something that maybe he can bring up the next time they all wind up at a table. I agree. This is unquestionably a good thing. The uh, pitch clock was a magnificent thing for the sport. It became exactly what we predicted it would, which is something that no one even noticed by the time we got to the playoffs, except that the games are so much faster and so much better. Rob Manfred will get no credit whatsoever for having done something that no other commissioner has ever had the guts to do. Uh, but people, because they are just disinclined to give him credit or to like him, will refuse to say what is obvious, which is it was a brilliant and gutsy call made by the person in that role. And again, I would like to succeed him, and I would take it a step farther. I think this is the right move. Absolutely, it's the right move. And, and I do want to address the, the player health and safety portion of his uh, nebulous statement here because it's not obvious to me that this is going to contribute to that negatively. In fact, it might have the opposite effect. So we have the research that say that the, the less time between pitches, the less the velocity will be naturally. That's not a surprise, but the more rest you have in between pitches, the harder that you can throw. We have that research. And so if you don't have quite as much time, at least theoretically when it comes to starting pitchers, you're going to be less inclined, less inclined to max out. Maxing out equals more injuries. So that might have that effect to the opposite extent to what Tony Clark says. This is just him saying random things because he's supposed to. I get it. It's part of the job. He might not actually believe it, but if you're going to get pitchers not maxing out, you might get better player health. You also might get some more run score because they're not going to be throwing as hard and softer pitches also equals more offense. So look, the bottom line of it is this. Tony Clark is doing his job. He's doing what he believes he should do. Rob Manford is doing his job. His job is making the game the best it can be as a product. He's not running a game. He's running a business. The game is the product, and he needs to make it the best it can be in order to maximize the business, and so he's doing it exactly right. All right, one last thing that I want to get to before we finish up. I told you that I sent my daughter's boyfriend, Jake, a birthday gift, personalized golf balls. They arrived on Saturday. His birthday is this coming Wednesday. He opened them. He unwrapped them. Stace had had, had gift-wrapped them. With her own hands, I watched it, and then we mailed it, we shipped it, and he opened it, and he texted us immediately a thank you, so he wasn't even trying to hide the fact that he opened it. So on ESPN Radio's Twitter account, we put the question out there, do you think that he got it right or wrong? Let me find the tweet again here. If someone sends you a birthday gift and it arrives early, when should you open the gift? The day it arrives or wait until your birthday? Right now, the voting is exactly 50-50. Really? Exactly 50-50. So you can keep casting your vote. Go to ESPN Radio. You can go to my Twitter account if you want. I reposted it. Or you can go to ESPN Radio's Twitter account and... Just cast your vote on the side of decency, normalcy, and common sense. If someone sends you right, a birthday the, the gift. The day it arrives. Got no. It. If someone sends you a birthday gift, you open it on your birthday. If someone sends you a Christmas gift, you open it yeah, on if, Christmas. If, you're six. if someone sends you a Mother's Day gift, you open it on Mother's Day. There's a reason these days are significant. What is the matter with you people? I don't get it. I'm really day worried. It arrives. About Let's get some votes. So cast your vote on ESPN Radio. I'm going to have to deal with Nikki now. <laughs> that should be fun. See you tomorrow, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. 
You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcasts. 